Hello, and welcome to this week's show, where we're in London, and because of the way Harold Shand is running the city, there's been peace for the last ten years. That is until one very long Good Friday. London. Good Friday. Not just any Good Friday, but the long Good Friday. Outside of church? You're not crucifying people outside of church, not on Good Friday. Harold Shand, undisputed king of London's underworld. Now he's setting up the biggest business deal of his career. Hands across the ocean, right? To the future. Someone is out to stop him. You think of anybody who might have an old score to settle or something? Who's big enough to take you on? Someone, somewhere, knows. Right? I want the man who knows. Right. Who fancies what? Auto, casino, stabbing, a bar blowing up. What is this, a gang war? No, no question. Harold and I have no doubt that by tomorrow the problem will be settled. Walk to the car, Billy, or I'll blow your spine off. It's not a shooter, is it, Harold? Oh, don't be silly, Billy. When I come hunting for you with me fingers... I've treated you lot well, even when you was out of order, right? Well, now there's been an eruption. One of my closest friends, he's lying out there in the freezer. And believe me, all of you, nobody goes home until I find out who done it. What should have been the greatest day of Harold's life suddenly becomes the longest. Suddenly, he's fighting for survival. You kill him! We got gang war in our heads, right? We already have! Colin's been carved up and I've got a bomb in me casino and you say nothing unusual. The Long Good Friday. A terrifying nightmare from which there is no escape. The Long Good Friday. One important factor here is that ever since the movie was released in 1981, it's been acclaimed as the greatest gangster movie of all time. Now, I think that's a very fair claim. The acting performances by Bob Hoskins, Helen Mirren and Derek Thompson are some of the strongest ever captured on film. The cinematography of Phil Mayhew, the music by Francis Monkman, the writing of Barry Keefe and the direction of John McKenzie are, without question, all responsible for making this film the standout landmark that it became. But nobody in all the making of documentaries, cast and crew reunions, and the 20th, 30th and now 40th anniversary screenings, Blu-ray releases and 4K enhanced steel books, has ever mentioned the massive part stunt coordinator Roy Alon played in getting the action right in this film. I mean, without the killing of the chauffeur at the start of the movie... Harold wouldn't have been involved. Without Roy's cooperation and the cooperation of his stunt team, the abattoir scene wouldn't have happened, and the banger racing would definitely have never have happened either. Let's applaud this remarkable work of the stunt team on this picture and finally give the credit they deserve. Blown up. He's dead. Eric is dead. A car bomb. I was all right, suffering from shock. It's in the London hospital. 
don't understand. You need a million dollar computer to understand this. You do such a thing, it's outrageous. Outside of church. You don't go crucifying people outside of church, not on Good Friday. What's the matter, Harold? Eric's been blown up. The first major action set piece in the film is the blowing up of Eric. He works for Harold Shand as a chauffeur and is taking Harold's mother to church. Well, it is Good Friday. He's brought the car back round to the church, goes inside to see how long he has to wait, goes back to his car, gets in, and the car explodes. Now, this type of shot would usually be done with camera trickery. The driver gets in and closes the door, then a separate shot of the car shows it blowing up minus the driver inside. But here, it's very different. Stuntman Frank Henson remembered being blown up for real. The budget only allowed for one Rolls-Royce, which wasn't in the best working order and would break down quite often. It had panels removed and flashbang charges placed under them. The boot had flashbangs in two and the windows had detonators placed around the inside to make sure they blew out on cue. Frank had to get in and lie down. This would see the brunt of the explosion go over him. The windscreen would blow out and the bonnet would blow off, which meant he'd be as safe as he could be. And that's how it happened. A very clever gag. How'd they get in here in the first place? Oh, leave off, H. You know how many people come up here during the night? Well, nobody spotted nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing happened tonight, mate. Mind you, a couple of days ago, two guys come up. They wanted protection. I thought they were comedians. They had big hats, sunglasses. I thought the agency had sent them down for cabaret. Protection? Out of my boozer? What, he actually made threats? Yeah, I told her to piss off. Yeah, I took my notice of him. Much obliged. I'm sorry, mate, you know. Didn't want to worry you. Sorry. What did these comedians look like? I don't know, H. I've never seen them before. They just look like any other mix. Heavy, heavy mix. Mix? Yeah, you know, Irish. Like hard-looking paddies. I never dreamed I'd do this, mate. I'm sorry. Also to mention that when Harold's pub is blown up in the movie, his landlord is Peter, played by stuntman Billy Cornelius. He came from a boxing background and became an actor who was able to do knockabout gags and eventually got himself into stunts. He did a great many in the carry-on films, too. He doubled Tom Clegg as Oddbod in Screaming and was Terry Scott's double in Up the Jungle. He was also the stunt coordinator on the 1971 Sam Peckinpah film starring Dustin Hoffman and Susan George called Straw Dogs. This is Mr Shand. He's brought the money and he wants an answer. How much is that? 60 grand. It's in the case. A bit of count. Don't mind. I will.
final action scene in the movie is filmed at Haringey Dog Track in London. A number of stuntmen were brought along by Royal On to take part in the stock car race drawing the crowds that night. If you didn't know, Royal On, the film's stunt coordinator, plays Captain Death, who not only wins the stock car race, but is also the IRA's paymaster in London. Roy volunteered to play the part when the actor who was cast failed to show on the night of filming. Roy, having been an actor before he became a stuntman, was only too happy to do it, and the director was very grateful he was there. Harold and his team go to see them with Councillor Harris, played by actor Brian Marshall, and wait in an office overlooking the track with one of the IRA's men, O'Flaherty, played by actor Tony Raw. Harold brings a briefcase containing £60,000, which he hopes will put a stop to the chaos going on in his London. Roy returns from winning the last race, is introduced to the two men and starts to count the money. Just as he does this, the door is flung open and two gunmen come in, shooting Roy and O'Flaherty. Tony Roar is doubled by stuntman Frank Henson and he and Roy crash out through the window onto the track below. Interestingly, Frank falls out of the window and lands in front of the car he is now driving, running himself over. A pink car, now driven by Roy, comes along, rides up a small ramp and sticks into the roof of the now stricken car, causing what is known as a T-bone meeting. Roy's car flipping over, landing on its roof before bursting into flames. Upside down, the camera focuses on the boot of the car, where the words this way up are clearly visible well that's it for this week we hope you've enjoyed it and join us again next week for more of the same until then bye for now <laughs> <laughs>